Yeah. Phantom power. Um, cool. I hear me. Just uh, another audio mistake. Just something we're working through. Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> I didn't even mean that, actually. That was an unintended pun. Episode seven. Dude, you know what's so annoying? When people say pun not intended and they really intended on the pun. Like it's, you know, like some people just say that after puns. You know what? I fucking love a good pun. I love a good pun. <laughs> I, I can't stand, you know, like stand up comedians will always say this line. They'll be like, puns are the lowest form of comedy. And usually they are comedians that are just cranking out material that is just boring, like the lowest, like what I would say, the lowest level of comedy. Yeah, but it's so, ironic. But sometimes puns are the funniest. Ah, dude, yeah. I mean, what's so bad about a pun? It's over before you know it. It's like two seconds and it's hilarious. It's a quick hit. Yeah, I mean, it's better than like some 10-minute bullshit thing that isn't any good. Yeah, telling me me about your experience walking down the street when, meanwhile, you could just uh, take two words, make them funny. Yeah, and that's another thing. A lot of comics uh, rip on puns and they rip on one-liners. A lot of one-liners are puns as well, you know? Um, and that is just so crazy to me because nobody complains about the fact that you can take one premise like online dating and have like three or four jokes in it with a little bit of tags and a little bit of this. And then you have a 10 to 15 minute bit. Like there are people who have like 10 to 15 minutes on the most basic topic with the most you know, normal ideas. And yeah, it's funny, but then that same comic will rip on somebody and be like, man, one-liners, they're easy. They don't. Yeah. Call back and all that other shit. A one-liner has a good comic and it's 10 seconds of their set. And they have to fill, some of them have to fill 45 minutes, 50 minutes headlining. You know, somebody will release a special and it'll be an hour long and it'll be like, that's a ton of jokes, dude. It's honestly, you know, if you're good at being funny, Getting getting into stand-up comedy is much less about being funny, um, having good ideas than people would think. It's it's really about grinding, getting out there, making your material be seen, fixing up your material enough. But like, I mean, you could honestly write 10 minutes on two topics, you know, have like a 10-minute set. And <laughs> getting the swallows out of the way. Yeah, I know. I have like a burpee <laughs> something. I don't know what. what the fuck's going on. I know. Um, just trying to hold off like making noise on the mic. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you, did, you didn't do a very good yeah, job of that. The listeners at home can't see me. Um, but you'd be shocked how, how easy it would be to write comedy that's better than a lot of material that people put out. Do you watch much stand-up on Netflix? Um some. How unimpressed are you by some stand-up comedians? You know, I very, very, very dude. They I, they're fucking garbage. Some of them. I I watched the um, Adam Sandler special. I haven't I, seen it. I heard it was good. I know people told me it was good, and I think it gets it it gets the praise that it does because it's Adam Sandler. And that's about it. That's kind of a played out trick, you know? Yeah. No, no, but I get what you mean. I think Dana Carvey's special was kind of like that. Did you ever see his yeah, stand-up? Actually, I did. I, I had to it's turn not, it. It's not awful, but I it's turned like, it off, though. It's pretty fucking bland and like normal. And then I've had friends, and I hate, I feel so bad, like because some friends will watch a thing, and they're like, oh my God, you've got to see the Dana Carvey special. Or do you like, uh, what's that big guy's name? 
What was that? Did that affect the uh, sound? Yeah, the um, the that was my phone. How the, does that affect the sound? The radio frequency fucks with the cables. No way. Yeah, dude, that's annoying. You know, sometimes I have so many wires around my guitar, and I'm like, God, they gotta figure something out here. I guess you just do different coding around it, or you get different types of uh, wires, but or or like. Tommy Sambazo said you put a fucking Faraday cage around it, which who knows what that is. Who knows? Faraday cage. Yeah, he's just making up shit. You guys know what that is, right? Yeah, it's foolproof, man. Yeah, that looks great. That'll take care of it. Um, yeah, uh, I did think of one thing. We were talking about brainstorming. I think what you said, like talking about Adam Sandler, something that would be fun to talk about would be like 90s things in general. I recently had a conversation about Adam Sandler movies. And it was one of those things that I was like, I wonder how lost in the times things like uh, certain 90s comedies, especially, but like Adam Sandler's streak of movies, Jim Carrey's streak of movies, like which ones would hold up and which ones wouldn't. Like I came to the conclusion that of his big comedies, Adam Sandler, Big Daddy probably is the one that if anybody watched who didn't grow up watching it and just saw now or as an adult or whatever they would be like oh that was like a charming kind of funny movie that's yeah that's probably the most universal i mean it's hard it's hard to look at especially adam sandler's work because we grew up with those movies yeah it's hard to be like oh that wouldn't hold up now yeah for for that reason that we grew up with them but i think i think big daddy's universal because it kind of fits that like yeah, I, I don't know, like the adoption type deal, and it's not as stupid as the rest. Yeah, it's not as stylized in a way that's just, yeah, like you said, stupid. I would say the other ones are intentionally stupid in a funny way. Now, what about things like Chris Farley movies? Do they hold it? Like the Tommy Boy and Black Sheep are the two that stand out. Does Tommy Boy still hold up, you think? That was a big one of the 90s, right? For me, it does. It does. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. funny. I mean, it's are you are you are you talking about holding up in terms of if I still like if it, I still think it's funny or if let's say a twenty year old now in two thousand nineteen would think it's funny? Anybody who didn't see it when it came out, if they were seeing it for the first time now, does it hold up to today's standards? You know, a lot of comedies before the 70s don't hold up by any means. Yeah. Not many comedies before 1970 are remotely funny anymore. I th- I think the Chris Farley movies would hold up because, like you said, it is slapstick and it, it like physical comedy will always be funny. And yeah. it's not it's not there. It's not like. um. It definitely based, takes a palette for that, but he's good at that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not it's not based on um a time period. Are we getting are we getting dog wine on the mic, uh, you think? Probably, but I think it's a big deal. Whatever. He'll probably chill. You think Fuck he'll chill? It. Fuck it. He'll chill. We're not Diesel's not in the studio today. He yeah, is. we're we're down we're down a man. But now that he's used to being in the studio, I'm wondering if he thinks, you know, if I just whine a little bit, they're gonna let me in here. <laughs> no, that's definitely how he is, man. He's he's smart as shit. Yeah, like today's that. will be today's episode will be called Tough Love. And it's because we didn't let Diesel in the studio. We'll just see how it goes. Or so. or, or uh talking about puns, we'll call it Rough Love. Rough Love. I like that. Yeah, because it's a dog. He's out there, he's like, they're fucking talking about me. I hear my name. And they don't want me to whine, but they're calling my name. What the hell? Um 
Oh, but we should touch on the stand-up comedy thing a little bit more, too. I think it's interesting because that is something that fascinates me, and it's not something that I fully understand, um, and it could just be me. But, like, I'm even talking, like, you know somebody like Mike Birbiglia? Yeah, yeah. You know, th- that guy's funny in a way, but there are people out there who are like, Mike Birbiglia is the funniest comedian ever. He's my favorite comic. And I'm like, I just, I watch some of his specials and I'm I'm watching like 10 minutes straight. And then sometimes a joke will wrap up. And then the person I'm watching it with, like if I watched it with like a girl I'm dating or something, or somebody else watches it and we're talking about it, it's like, uh, we agree. It's like, man, this is really not good this is not that 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 falls under the category of anything else whether it's movie or um music it's like especially when you get to the point of having a special on like a platform like netflix yeah is that because it's there people will say they like it just to say they like it yeah and it just falls under that like mass consumption umbrella of oh other people like this so i'm going to say i like this yeah yeah and and and, and it there's a stigma that comes with it that like oh if it's on netflix it's got to be good how could it right. not so that's that's where i think a lot of that comes from yeah um i i go back to the did you watch any of the the newer dave Chappelle specials yeah it's like, like he said, it's like, he's just too good at that shit. Like everyone else sucks and he's literally that damned good. Like yeah. when he's, no, he's he... joking about how easy, oh, when he's like, it's easy for him or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, this is just, shit's too easy. That's why I'm going to do it or whatever. And, and, um, he's right. I mean, God, he is way funnier than, uh, 99, not, at least 95% of the, the comics out there. No, definitely. Yeah. And I, I'll Google the best Netflix standup comedy on, you know, I do that all the time. Like when I want to watch a documentary, the first thing I do is I'll go on Google and I'm like top documentaries, best documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. And I'll browse them, kind of look them up on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Reads, you know, I do that a lot. Um, I and, do, th- I do the same thing with like scary movies. Yeah. It's important. It ruin. it sucks when you watch a movie or a TV show you expect to be good. And it and- sucks. Yeah, man. Sometimes Netflix will do that with shows. It'll look really good, and then you look it up and you realize it just gets reviewed awfully, and it's like, thank God I didn't watch that. We were talking about conspiracies. There's that one, Conspiracies. I don't know if that's one that was ranked poorly, but there was a conspiracy show on Netflix that I looked up, and some of them have almost like no reviews. Really? Yeah, and it's just weird, and you're looking at it, and awful reviews. It doesn't matter, but um, yeah, stand-up comedians... Who do you like? Who are the few people that make you laugh ridiculously? Or like, who are your favorite comedians? Um, um, specials you've seen? Chappelle, Chappelle for sure is one of yes. them. Um, Bob Saget. You like Bob Saget? Fuck no. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> say, dude, that's garbage. No, it's so bad. No, it's awful. He he he's one of those those comedians that is. He's trying to shake the um uh thirty years later Ugh. he's trying to shake the the clean image and is just like telling rape jokes and shit. I think have we talked about Bob Saget before? Probably. Me and you, not on the show. Oh, we haven't. I maybe we did. I don't think we Yeah, did. he's he's one of those guys that's just vulgar to be vulgar, which I I can't stand that. It's the worst, dude. It's so 
it's so bad. We talked about, we did talk about being vulgar just to be vulgar. Yeah. Like the idea of how we could have a show, an episode where we aren't vulgar at all, depending on the guest, depending on the content. And it might not always go into those shock jockey directions, but if there's humor there or whatever, that's kind of my philosophy. If it feels good, if it feels funny, if it feels right yeah, and true, go with it. But I ne- if I'm looking for something authentic, I will never gravitate towards topics that are edgy. I will I will start with something normal and then if something edgy comes in my mind that I like, I'll do it. But like when I used to try and come up with ideas for like sketch comedy and I was at a loss, I would just think of very normal things like uh uh, like we wrote, did the color me funny stuff. I would be the one who would write a sketch about butt dialing, and then your girlfriend has a butt yeah. dial, and then she hears a conversation, or that was one of the sketches, or like little parodies and stuff. Um, you know, uh, one of them was edgier, but it, it didn't come off initially like that. Like I was like wanting to do a spoof of a TV show, and I, I I don't know what made me think of it, but we did queer eye for the hate guy instead of queer eye for the straight guy. And it was, dude, it was a white, did you ever see that? No. Nah. I was a white supremacist going in for a makeover for this like gay guy. Do you remember Matt Mahaffey? Yeah. If I'm calling me funny. Mm-hmm. He did, he was a hair, like a makeover artist. And what would happen is you'd come in and you were this dressed up like a hate guy. And then he would fix and remove all the hate out of your, what, out of your being, I guess. And, um, it was filmed like a documentary like show. And I came in and uh, Conrad Uncleholtz was my name. And he, uh, you know, the, he, talking about puns, it was mainly just like pun jokes and little um, Matt being flamboyant and making me over. And then at the end, it's like he's all finished. Oh, and he was even making a joke, gave me like a little Hitler mustache for a second and was like, <laughs> just kidding, you know. And then I, he turns around, he's all finished. And then I'm Fez. So he like turned me into a black guy <laughs> into with dread. Yeah. You, you walk in as a as a white supremacist and, and uh walk out as a black dude with yeah. dreads. Yeah. So that was like the thing. And it's like it became edgy, but it initially started with, okay, let me think of a reality TV show. Let's do a little spoof. And then it just happened to go there. Um, Bob Saget is the guy that's like, all right, I want to have a joke where yeah. I talk about raping girls. Uh, how no. about the twins from the show? No, that, and those, <clears throat> that's like the premise of his jokes is like having sex with the Olsen twins. It's like, dude, that's fucking played out. Dude, it's, I know, man. And it's so bad. Like, why aren't people more outwardly against that type of bullshit comedy it, it blows my mind how some people, I mean, not that Bob Saget's like some selling out, well, he's probably selling out shows, but it's not like he's, his specials are renowned, but there are people you watch it. And do you think you're, um, I guess, have a refined palate enough in stand up comedy where when you see something that's hack, you really recognize it as being hack? I think so. Uh, obviously, not being from the comedy world, but yeah. watching enough, I think. I th- I feel like I can rat some of that out, most of it. Yes, <clears throat> and or or at least just like the shit that I think is funny, as opposed to like what is just like we were saying, just hack. Yeah, I mean there there are the diamonds in the rough of like normal comedy, and then there are the border people. Like I don't know, like who's that really big guy, the big doughy guy, uh, Gabriel? Oh, fluff, fluffy Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, dude. Like in general, like that is not my type nah, of comedy. I don't, I don't like that. And I no. don't like. Uh... He has some jokes that are funny, dude. He does have a joke about being pulled over drunk, and he hops in the passenger seat, and the cop comes over and he rolls down the window. He's like, "What? I don't know where he went." <laughs> like that made me laugh. So, like he, it, but I mean, you know, 
it's not like it's anything great. Like when I watch the whole special, I'm like, God, I can't believe people love this. It disconnects me from people, man. But that, but also to speak on his comedy is it's like a wholesome comedy. So it reaches a, a wider audience. Like he's not talking about vulgar stuff. And, I know, yeah. And, and like moms and dads can sit down and watch his comedy with their children and the kids can laugh at it. Yes. Um, you know, I even have trouble with certain comics that are, are comics comics. Like usually if a comedian says, you know, Doug Stanhope is a, is a brilliant comedian. He's one of the funniest guys ever. Doug Stanhope annoys oh the shit Dude, out of me. I, I don't understand why I hate it so much. I don't literally hate him. I don't literally hate the yeah. comedy. But man, it is tough for me. It is boring. Um, there was another guy that was Paul F. Tompkins. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Oh my he, God, the, I the, can't do it. His gimmick was like wearing suits for everything. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, another guy, Dave Attell. Sometimes I think he's funny, but when I watch a whole special, I'm like, God, that is like comedy at the best level. Like there are people out there who well, think David tells the best stand-up comedian. Yeah, that's a that's a controversial stance to, ta- to take because he is like held in high regards, high regard. So high regard. I know Dave Vitell is one of the most respected comedians, but it's just uh I don't I don't know, man. It's not my thing. Like when I watch I, I know I've talked about did, Bill Burr uh, before and I, I'll say I'll say this. I did used to watch um Insomnia. Insom- yeah, that was yeah. that was good. I don't know if what I would think of it now. Yeah. And to be honest, maybe I would like some David Tell now. I'm sure he has bits that are really hilarious. I have trouble. Like Jim Norton doesn't make me laugh much. Um, but you know, I love I do love the quirkier people. I do love like the Dimitri Martins, the Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. I can always go back to like the Hedberg, Stephen Wright guys, like the one-liners. But um, and and obviously like a Richard Pryor, George Carlin is always going to be funny to me. But Dude, you know what? I I don't think Carlin's that funny. Oh, it's not my favorite. There, there. But it's better than a lot of people. And given the time, but I, maybe you're right. Maybe I like. I mean, you know, the more the more that I watch and the more that I see of it, it's just him going on political rants about shit, and then yeah, and, and I just see it as like people laugh at it because they think they're supposed to laugh at it because everybody else is laughing at it. He's he. What it is, I think he's smart. He's a good talker, no, he's, and it's he. He was smart as shit. He and, puts a lot of work into his bits. So yeah. he has some bits that are like so impressive. Like there was a comedian in our scene, Drew Landry, who uh, like did work. He actually toured with Carlos Mencia and then moved out to uh, California and. Um, like that's where he does comedy now, but he was like a young kid when he got into it, and he had one of those bits where it was just like, you're you're listing a bunch of things at a rapid rate, and it sounds yeah. so impressive and that when he gets done, it gets an applause break. And that's 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 what I think of when well, because that's what Carlin did is just, lots of stuff. Like just that. go on like three minutes of a well rehearsed line, and with no breaks, no no fumbles or anything. And just commentates on like a political yeah. situation. And do you I, know who Eddie Izzard is? Yes. 
Eddie Izzard is a really, I mean, it might not be my favorite style of comic. He's a pretty brilliant comedian. And I listened to him um, as a guest on a show recently and have seen like some stuff on him, like like videos uh, online of interviews. He is one of the coolest people in comedy. And, and he's an odd one because he's been like um, he's been trans around. since the mid 80s. You know, he's like, he's a, tr like, kind of trans, I think he is. Is he? Yeah, some of his specials, he's dressed in full drag, kind of. Really? Yeah, at least makeup and stuff. He's Now he just kind of does whatever. It's an interesting take. He also, I was listening, did something where it was like an insane amount of marathons he ran in like 75 days or something. He just decided he was going to start running marathons. And then part of it, like he only trained for like six weeks or something. And then he just started running marathons. And there was a stretch where he ran them. I want to say like 20 something days straight, but it was over like three months. He ran like two thirds of the days. He did a full marathon. Jesus. And then one day he did two in a row. That's a hell of a conviction. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear somebody who is non-athletic, non-this, go through it and then just constantly harp on the fact of how mental it is. It's like you don't understand how mental it is. And that's hard for me to comprehend because when I go running, it feels physical. <laughs> My shins hurt. My back aches. I was like, God, it's so, it's way more mental than you think. Really? Like the blisters on your feet? It's hot. I'm sweating. I mean, I'm tired. This sucks. Anything that doesn't kill you that you quit is technically mental if that's the attitude you have, yeah. you know? But like at the end of the day, I don't know if running marathons is, is something that somebody can chalk up. It's just mental, man. It's just, but he had a very interesting no, take. because a, a marathon is, is, is mental, but it's physical. You're running like, what's a marathon? Like 24 miles or something? Something like that. I, I don't know exactly, but it's yeah. exactly around there. I was trying to do the math in my head and that- You could be, yeah. you could be like 300 pounds and guess what? Physically, you're not going to be able to That's fucking do that. That's the point I was going to go to is coming from somebody who is, you know, 240 and has been heavier. Yeah, but and, you're um, in shape 240. When you're running, you it, it only matters so much. Let's throw this back to high school where you're not in shape. And oh, dude, running a marathon now would still be very ridiculous for me. Well, let's a let, half maybe. Let's let's go back. Like I said, let's go back to high school when you were right. in shape five miles. Dude, I couldn't run worth a shit. Yeah. I had a lot of issues that would have physical things, you know? Hip stuff, flat feet, um, you know, ankle, all the stuff. You know, when you're overweight, people don't realize, and this is something that a lot of people don't even realize, gym rats, all sorts of athletes, enthusiasts, they don't understand the structure and the types of things that cause issue in your body structure. Like when you think of a Hip, house- Hips, knees, and ankles. Yeah, all your posts and like all your all your studs, they're plumb. They're, they're you know, mm -hmm. perpendicular to the ground where things are level. Um, but when you have one little thing in that chain, just like if you had a house where something bowed, it would only get worse and then it would cause other issues yeah. in the structure. That is the physical body and overweight people experience it big time. Um, it just causes a structural issue. And then next thing you know, one hip sits a little lower than the other, which causes that knee to turn in more, causes that ankle to turn in more, causes your you know, all sorts of stuff in your spine, sciatica. It's very serious stuff. And I think being having a lot of weight is probably one of the biggest issues 
for structural stuff. Because imagine this. Let's say you do have something weird like that, and then all of a sudden you're carrying more weight. Like it's one thing if there's a, a, a tree trunk that has a bow shape to it as opposed to being straight up and down. But it's another when it's bearing more weight. Yeah. If you put 100 pounds on that tree, it's going to you know, be affected quicker and break much faster than if it didn't bear more weight, you know? So bearing a lot of weight and then every step you take has bad mechanics. So if your knee is angled in or your, your ankle comes inward and puts pressure on the inside of your knee, Mm -hmm. every single step you take is stressing that exact spot. Yeah. And then once it's inflamed, it's going to start affecting your nerves. It's going to start giving you pain. It's going to start causing damage. I mean, that's cool that somebody like Eddie Izzard didn't expect experience that specifically but there are some very physical factors with running a marathon yeah bottom line is a marathon is not mental yeah no (laughs) no it's very physical um yeah i guess that's enough uh stand i guess i'll i'm trying to think of who i think is the funniest stand-up comedian um I, you know, I do like, uh, all those, all those people like the Bill Burr, the, the couple, like the newest Tom Segura was funny. Um, I do like the new two Joe Rogans, but he was even a guy I was like, God, dude, his standup is fucking terrible for a while. I thought that. And then he came out with his new two and I was like, all right. And then I found another one I liked, but early on I was like, God, his, his podcast cool, but his comedy is fucking garbage. Yeah. That's what I used to think. It's, it seems it. I have no clue because I've never seen any of uh, Joe Rogan's Oh, check it out. That's stand up. Yeah. Check but, it out. You would like the newer two. I think you would really like Strange Times, the newest one. It, it's hilarious. It just seems like that his podcast would bleed into his stand up, which is natural. It's not what you think. His stand up is very, it's very different. And um, he, he, it's not, it's not what you think for sure. I think you'd be surprised. All right, I'll have to check it out. Then. I'm not saying there's not some topics that overlap, but his stand-up, he does not do his bits on his show. He does not like talk about the jokes that he had, and it doesn't come out in the show. And he does have some bits that are like, you know, he's got like a bit that's hilarious about how that, remember that guy broke into the White House? Oh yeah, you like jumped, jumped over in, the fence. Got in, walked in the door, and he was like, and he said there was a woman that was the security guard in there. And I don't know if she was unarmed, but he, like he walks in this door, yeah, this big yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just some like tiny woman. He like bulldozes her over. He's there. And, uh, his joke about it is just too funny. Like the thoughts of like going to do something like that. You expect to get shot up on your way in. You do this. The door is fucking unlocked. Like not only does he make it to the door before just getting seized or shot to death, he opens the door, he walks in, and the only person trying to stop him is some woman security guard. He just (laughs) bulldozes her. I mean, she didn't use it if she had it, but his jokes are, uh, he's got a lot of funny stuff. Um, You know, it's it's normal stuff. It's kind of like the other it's more similar to like Bill Burr, that kind of stuff with like a little bit more of like a smiley yeah. way about him. Um, is there something I do think the nineties thing will be cool to go in a little deeper on, like, like our favorite things from the nineties that are kind of like only from the nineties, like Adam Sandler movies, Chris Farley, Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, th- those are all cool things that like, we uh, so I. I what do you got, want to talk about? Let's do what you do I've, first. I've got a topic that kind of ties into the whole '90s era, 
and like us being children of the 90s. Okay. So I actually wanted to talk about this last week when we were supposed to have our guest oh, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's a little bit younger than us, and he could maybe offer a different perspective on the situation. But my whole, my, the, and I'll say this, I want to get a government grant to do this research and make it a scientific thing because there's a lot of other bullshit that the government pays for for stupid scientific research than this. But, uh, and also, I will say this too, is that our scientist friend says that this was his idea, but it wasn't. It's yours. It's 100% my idea. Uh. I'll go to the fucking grave saying this. So, um, I, it, it dawned on me like probably eight years ago that us us being 30 years old and kind of growing up with the advent of high-speed internet and kind of reaching not our sexual maturity but coming into ourselves and figuring out what, like figuring our bodies out. Yeah. Um, most people, if you're right-handed, started jerking off with their dominant hand being right hand. Yeah. But then with the advent of internet porn and then high speed internet had to switch over to the left hand to use, cause they had to use your right hand to control the mic. Um, not mic, mouse, the mouse, control the mouse with the right hand. So you had to go from righty to lefty because of internet. porn. That's what you want to get. Um, a grant for yeah want, money. I'd want to do the research to see how many people have government actually government funded. Yeah, you know, um, that's interesting. I'm left-handed, so so you've you don't you but, can't speak but on I've the situation. switched though because it feels different. Um, I don't know what initially maybe I just read or somebody said you know you switch it and it feels different so I I switch it up and actually as like an athletic hand eye coordination kind of guy I figured what would be so bad about getting good like motor skills I'm, I'm very much left-handed <laughs> just dude. being ambidextrous I can't stress how left-handed I am and I think uh especially with like finger things like drawing and things that are it's one thing to like throw an arm like things I like um I don't know no I really can't throw a ball with my right hand at all it would be beneficial to learn to do more things right-handed I think as an athlete, they say that's good for your mind. I think that's what made me try to do it. I can't remember for sure. Um, I don't know what Hunter would say. I don't know if the, he, the he, mouse thing. I, I'm I, sure it. Hmm. I don't think. I don't think he. I don't think he would. I don't think there would be a. You think he jacks off with his left hand just because of a he, mouse? He would. He would have to because he. No. He's probably what like eight eight years younger than us. So he grew up with like high speed internet and internet porn on the ready. Yeah, but you click play and then you're good. He might not jump yeah, around. Yeah, but you got to browse. You have to browse. And I know. That's, but that's what switched me from a righty to a lefty. And it took some time to figure out how to work my left hand. 
Every everyone's very different with that. Like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what he would say. He would be like, "Dude, I don't know. I use my phone." He he might have skipped the whole computer thing. That yeah, you know. Well, um, and that's like I'm strictly phone now, but I still hold my phone in my right hand and use my left. Yeah. Huh. I I always thought that was interesting. Outside of like the vulgarity of it, I just I would like to see the the number of people that especially around like it's a very uh, specific thing you're trying to get government granted on. Yeah, well, I mean, government grant is just to be funny, but Okay. Okay. To to I take was just that making po- sure. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we're on the <laughs> same page here. To take to take that <laughs> to take that poll. I think that'd be pretty pretty interesting to see how many people went from left or right to left. What I think would be a really good way to go about it, instead of coming in with the concept of, I think it would be because of the mouse, I think it would be because of this, I think it would be cool just to to do a poll of how many people have switched hands, which one do they use regularly, did they switch permanently, do they go back and forth, and why. Just asking them why in general. Yeah. Would be interesting. I would imagine that not many people before the day, like modern day and age, use the other hand much. Like even even if it's, I mean, half the time it's just something you read on the fucking internet anyway that told you to do it. Like that probably is what made me try it anyway. Is I read someone say something online. I did it out of necessity. You oh, because of the mouse. Yeah. You remember that that is why. Yeah. You, yeah. Because I had a lot to of brow- people break their hand or get a cast. <laughs> No, I had to browse videos and click and navigate with my right hand on the mouse, and I couldn't use the mouse with my left hand, so natural yeah. natural progression was crank with the left, search with the right. Yeah, um, I met, maybe I had like a cut on a finger or something. You know, if you like cut your hand or something, you don't want to... Yeah, that would never stop me. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's interesting, man. Um... I don't know. I dude, I always say this. You know, there it's not that it's literally weird, but it is it, that type of thing, especially masturbation, even more than sex cuz some people open about up about their sex life with each other all that. Masturbation is one of the most private secretive things that you're like very you do not talk about. You don't want people finding out that you don't want to be caught yeah. in the act. You don't Yeah. That is like such a weird thing that people do all the time. And it's it's weird because you'd feel better getting caught having sex than jerking off. Yeah. You'd be more okay with that. I think so. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be caught doing either too much, but... <laughs> Yeah, I would feel much less ashamed. <laughs> Just a few times, not too much. Being caught having sex, you know, that's not as that's not as uh, shameful. Um, yeah, getting caught mass. Yeah, that whole that whole ballpark in general is such a secretive thing. But people definitely open up more about sex than they do yeah. um, jerking off, masturbating. I mean, I've never had a guy even talk about like they make like like the sex toys for men. Yeah. And stuff. I've never used one, but like pocket pussies or whatever. I've never really heard a guy except for Mike, um, the my ex oh, stepbrother. Yeah. He's ex- the only one who ever talked about one around me, but he talked about all kinds of shit. He was saying how he blew a dude 
whatever. No, that's that's and he was that's like, it's different. Not, that's different say, than a sex toy. Did he say it didn't make him gay? <laughs> what did he say? I don't, I don't know. I forget the story, but it. I think the gist of it was that he wasn't gay because of it. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And then he, oh, he but he turned still it ended around. up with a dick in his mouth. Didn't so. he? Didn't he turn around and try to make it say something along the lines of, "Oh God, don't tell me you never." Or like <laughs> he made it sound so fucking normal. <laughs> This is the same guy who took a shit in somebody else's lunchbox, yep. but he put a plastic bag in there, right? So that makes it okay. Yeah, he's like, oh, come on, I put a plastic bag, man. Why are you bitching? It's no so, big deal. So the next day, you can still put your turkey sandwich in it, and yeah. it's, it's fine. Dude, are you kidding me? That is insane. Um, it's bizarre how people are ashamed of, of sexuality in general. It's one of the, I mean, in nature, yeah. peop, I mean, animals eat. They sleep, Eeps, and they eat, have sex. Eat, sleep, and fuck. Those are the three primal instincts. Yeah. I mean, that right there, I mean, that's what dinosaurs did. All they did. Well, dinosaurs weren't real. Yeah, not real. Is that a conspiracy you've gone down? No. Nah, dinosaurs were real. Okay. Or they weren't. I don't really give, <laughs> I don't really give a fuck. I, they, I imagine they were real. How about... How about like uh, you've heard the stuff about how dinosaurs might have all been covered in feathers and stuff? Have you heard that? Uh, I, loosely, because they say that like birds are descendants of dinosaurs type deal. So yeah, I don't know the specifics, but yeah, it's 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 hard to say because and if the skeletons of dinosaurs that they find are real, there's no skin or um, feathers attached to them. Yeah. But it, it it that does kind of correlate because they say that um like falcons and hawks and shit are raptors. Huh. And, and then like obviously if you're familiar with dinosaurs, raptors existed. So there's a if you could, could just could um, be a, a could be a relationship there. If you could just be a fly on the wall type time machine not time machine where you actually have to like walk around and risk your life but like if you could just see a, a documentary or like real footage of something in history what would be like the big one like would you want to go back to dinosaurs? would you want to see dinosaurs would you want to anything very specific that stands out um i'd like to go back to the big bang no, I'm just kidding. No, take me. I want to see that. Take me back to the beginning, just yeah. before it, <laughs> right before the Big Bang. Yeah, where there was nothing. I'm very interested in uh, oh, BBB. The Big Bang was when the meteor hit. That's the Big Bang. I don't. I think the Big Bang. Was, Bing, I don't. The Big Bang. The Big Bang. I don't think it was a meteor. I think it's just. I think the Big Bang is what supposedly started it all. It just shit blew up, and then that became. Is the Big Bang the theory on how the universe got started? I thought it was how, or the just our Earth. galaxy, or the Earth. Oh, let me let me. Uh... Is how how universal is the Big Bang? Is it like Earth? I know, dude. I think the Big Bang explains maybe not the universe. Well, see, the problem is when you. You're Googling. When cool. you Google Big Bang Theory, it comes oh, up with God. that stupid fucking television show. Everybody loves Raymond. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Top billing. <laughs> God damn it. I fucking hate this goddamn show. Ah. What is the theory of the Big Bang? Okay, so the Big Bang Theory is an American television sitcom God. created by mm. Chuck Lorre and Bill Pratty. 
both of whom served as executive producers on the series, along with Steve Malaro. That's the Big Bang Theory. Cool. Nice. Science. You got it. You got it. How about the, how about the other one? Yeah. Lesser popular. Lesser known. The lesser known one. Just um, remember when you're, when you're getting facts from us guys, it's good to run it through the Google filter because you're getting facts from people who don't even know what the Big Bang is. <laughs> so just putting it out there. That's how versed we are in um, actual real science. The fucked up thing is you probably have to Google like the real Big Bang Theory. No, dude, I think you can just say, what is the Big Bang? Or something. Let me try, what is the Big Bang? What is the Big Bang? What do we got? A rapid expansion of matter from a state of extremely high density density and temperature that, according to current cosmological theories, marked the origin of the universe. The universe. Okay, dude. so it started the universe, not yeah. the Earth. Yeah, dude. That's what they think. Had nothing know. to do with the comet and dinosaurs. Yeah. I would like to go back to some sort of like, I would like to go back to pyramid shit. I want to see pyramids being built. I want to see that. I want to see Egypt. I want to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, see all the slaves making it. Whatever it is. Or I, the aliens. I just want to see it. I just want to know. I want to see that type of, like, because... Get some, get some like, uh, clarification on what actually happened. Modern, the modern science points that it, it predates original Egyptology, that there's water erosion on the Sphinx that actually predates what we thought... The civilization, like, it actually is theorized that there was a very intelligent uh, civilization that got flooded out that potentially had technology that we don't have in ways. They had developed certain things or knew, knew understood either math or ge- some sort of thing that they acted in and understood things in a sophisticated level that, that has been lost, like lost technology, lost knowledge. And there's a lot of it apparently uh, theorized um, to be pre of some sort of flood and it actually set to, I don't know the whole numbers, the great, whether it's the like 10,000 years or something like that. It pushes it something back even more BC as to when they think these people um, did all of that. So it's, it's, and that would, that would fascinate me to just be like, I want to see that. I want to yeah. go back. That, that's like the one. No, that's good. That, that's a good, that's a good, uh, good time period to go back to. Probably just... the biggest one. What is the biggest wonder in the world? Human related. A, where did humans come from? Like, why yeah. did we rapidly develop? And what's the missing link if we came from apes? So, like, but that's not as interesting because you're just probably looking at something somewhere in between what we are yeah. and what we've seen. I think the the structure of, of the pyramids and the impressive nature in which it was built, all that, I think that is where it's at. I think that's that's what you'd want to look at. Um. Yeah, yours is a little bit more insightful than mine. Well, no, you know, I just like I. I'd like to go back to some, some hilarious moments of, with my friends that I wasn't a part of. There's a couple things <laughs> you weren't invited. <laughs> no, I just wasn't there. That's it. You, what? What does that mean? You want to go back to like 1998 for that birthday party you missed? No, no, no. There, there's some stories that I've heard of some funny things that have happened between 
friends of mine that I wasn't there. And Oh, okay. And I'd like to go back and see that. And that's about it. Well, that's very fascinating. You know what? That's mine too. I want to go back. <laughs> Whatever you want to see that is more important than that, I'm down. You're just you might just be more insightful than me, Mike. No, well, hey, it's whatever you're you're interested in, and oh, I get. I mean, it'd be funny. There are things that I've heard about that would be cool to see, but that's just one that yeah, like makes the- everybody scratch their heads, and we don't know. Like you know the stories that you'd want to see, right? Like you know what it'll look like. There, the, the most fascinating. I have no idea what this is going to be like. What not? would be that it would be cool to go back to like native american type stuff no, any no, old no, culture no i i i would legitimately love to go back to those those time periods or places in time where there's just there's only a few handwritten accounts of what actually happened yep and and as you know stories can get skewed over time so to be able to go back and see that and get a first-hand account of what actually happened would be amazing. Yeah. Can't forget Jesus. Yeah. Can't forget Jesus. Go back and see him. That'd be fascinating. Would um, you throw rocks at him? No. I would be like, I'd be like, you know, dude, you're just hang in there, man. <laughs> hang in there, kitty. Yeah. Uh, you, you're gonna be. You trust Don't me. Don't worry, Easter's coming, my man. You have cemented a place in history, my brother. No matter what <laughs> happens to you, all the hardships you're gonna face. Guess what? You're, you're coming good, back. Dude. You're coming back. You are the one. You are so much the one that people say you and God are one and the same. When people say Lord. You don't know if they're talking about God or Jesus. It's my hard. Lord Jesus Christ. It's what about my Lord, my God? Tell. It's is, hard to tell. Is my Lord Jesus or is my Lord God? Or are they one and the same? Are you asking me or are you making a joke? No, I'm not making a joke. Quite literally, in in Christian, when you're just talking, you refer to Lord and some people say my Lord Jesus. And then when some people say, ask the Lord this, they're talking about God. Like Jesus was such a crazy, he's the son of God. He performed some miracles. I mean, he didn't make this shit. He didn't make us. He died for us. That's cool and all, but I could die for us. I could say, you know what? I'm going to kill myself for everybody, man, or I'm just going to sacrifice. I'm going to stand up for something great and I'm going to take all of my, all of the sins of everybody. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to try and perform some miracles. And if I die doing it, I'm going to die for everybody, man. And then people get my Lord, Jesus, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, Mike. Yeah. My Lord, Mike Turpin, Jesus Christ. More people worship Jesus than God or as many in Christian culture. It seems like, like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, so much. Well, because God is universal. So, like, every religion has a God. Yeah. So that's a universal term, but isn't, like, Jesus is, um synonymous with Christianity, right? I mean, yes, but it's the son of God. But every religion has God. Yeah, but some people have Allah, some people have different gods, Brahmin, Shiva, whatever the fuck. They don't just say one and it means the other, you know. I don't know how that works. I don't either. I just think that's interesting. Have you ever noticed that? That's no. not. That's an interesting thing to me. 
No, I, I I have thought about that actually. When I hear people say that, it just makes me, I don't I don't get. I mean, it's not being disrespectful. How in that it's way, like but, interchangeable. Yeah, I'm really not making a joke. It's it's a confusing part of uh Religion. that for me. But I would go back and I'd be like, Jesus, dude, you just fucking keep trucking, dude. People are going to be gonna all be, about you, and dude. And they're going to be drinking your blood and eating your body. You're going to be more popular than God. <laughs> God is, you cast a heavy shadow, my man. Hey, you're going to be bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of them. Not just one. Solo careers, all of it. Yeah, all four of them. You're bigger than music as a whole. Bigger like, than wow. cigarettes. Be like, damn, that's so cool. Thank you. Be like, hey, anything, Jesus. And I'm out. <laughs> Get my fucking time machine. I'm out of here. See you on Sunday, son. Yeah. Let me suck some of that blood. Get a little buzz. Vampires would have loved Jesus. <laughs> you bite into the skin, oh, it tastes good. They get you the, start they get sucking the, some of that blood. Get a get, little fucking... They get the body and the blood at the same time. Dude, just they, they are fucking, not only are they replenished and feeling great, they're feeling drunk and like, who doesn't the, like a little wine buzz? The fucking Holy Spirit. You like some wine? Me? Yeah. I love wine. I Red wine? No, actually white. Wine? white. I fucking love like, su- like kind of sweet, soury, not super dry red wine. I don't like red wines because of how dry they are. I don't like, the, you should try, well, have you ever tried something that isn't very dry, like sweeter end, like blackberry wine or raspberry wine or? No, I've really only had like. You probably had like sangria. Well, yeah, it's I've had sangria. Spicy. I don't like sangria. It's too sweet, gives me a headache. Okay. But um, white wine, like Chardonnay or um, Pinot Grigio. Okay. Yeah. I don't really fuck with the reds too much because they're too, they're too dry for me. I, I I've drink some that are not dry. Like, you, I don't think you would think they're dry, but it doesn't mean you would like them. Do you like the sweeter ones? Uh, of red wine? Yeah. I mean, I, I really like red wine that tastes like almost like like it tastes like a sophisticated fruit juice to me i don't know like i like ones that are pretty fruity sweet taste yeah i can't i i can't do the sweet ones yeah um but i don't think you would think what i drink is is dry at all um what but you, you drink you gonna tell me what you drink well You're i mean just it's not that popular like- I mean, they're like local uh, it's like sweetlands has uh has some, it's like Zingberries one, um, it's like a blueberry, they have a blueberry wine and a raspberry wine. Those are both really good. There's another one, it's like Patty, wa- or what the hell's the name of that? Golly Whopper? Golly Whopper? You're pointing, at, you're pointing at me like I, I just know talk what, with my hands. What a, what, like I know what St. Golly St. Michael's, Whopper. I think, is the name of the... Um, I don't know if it's a brewery or... Wi- St. Michael's, maybe winery. And they have a Golly Whopper... Something like that, black and a red. And I like the black a lot. It's a, a blackberry wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like fruity wine in general. Yeah, never done yeah. never done the golly I, whopper. I like stuff that's around 10 to 14%. Like, I don't like really low percentage. Like, like that would be like super dessert wine, where it's just like 6%. Um, and it's like... Like the sweet wine. What the fuck is it called? Shit. I don't know. Mus- yeah, it's m- not Moscato. I don't know. Maybe it is Moscato. I, I don't think- know the main categories for stuff. Like I know what a sangria is. I know. I mean, I don't. I haven't really ver- versed in drinking. So yeah, but I do like a glass of red wine. 
Rarely do I have two, no more than two. I mean, it's a pretty full glass and I feel like pretty good from it, but you know, um, I, I do like it with dinner probably every other night, every few nights. Yeah. Red wine's good for you. It's got the yeah. antioxidants and stuff. That's what they say. It's good for your heart. You know, and there's actually a thresh, it's like a point in which alcohol goes from being an anti-inflammatory to causing inflammation. And for a bigger dude, we're probably at like the two to four drinks is when it goes from being positive to negative as far as some physical effects when it comes to bloating, um, feeling inflammation, negative effects the next day, upwards to six drinks even. Like some people, it takes about six drinks before there's a distinct negative effect um, outside of maybe causing physical dependency if you were to do that daily. Yeah. But in general, it's it's fairly healthy in ways, and the way alcohol is unhealthy, it actually is healthy until you reach a certain threshold of blood alcohol uh, level. I'm, so I'm probably on that six drink range. Yeah. See, I've never even done that. Maybe that's the most I've ever done in a night, spread out through a few hour, couple hours. If you were to drink six glasses of wine, you'd be hammered. Oh yeah, dude. I know if I drink two, if I get a double, like I'll just get a shot and I'll just gulp down a double and of tequila or whiskey. And that gives me a solid buzz. I usually do that before a meal and uh, like on an empty stomach or something. Mm -hmm. And I will feel it for a good hour and a half to two hours and I will feel pretty good, but like coherent, but I wouldn't want to drive right after that. And that's just two shots. Nah, you, you especially probably shouldn't. But I'm a big guy. Yeah, but I know I don't drink a lot, but I, I mean, I do drink, I do have something like when I go out to the open mic on Sundays, I always get a double when I get there. I just do a shot. Yeah. I I, I just get straight. I get straight whiskey or straight tequila. Warm. Ooh, warm. Yeah. I like it. I like the burn. You know what? I'm used to like, uh. I started doing it in the winter, like warm whiskey, especially because it's cold out. And then if you're a little stoned or something, you get really cold. I'm very sensitive to the cold when I'm stoned. So like whiskey was always this way. And I've always said that a a couple shots of whiskey or a shot or two of whiskey with smoking weed is like an edible. It gives you like a little bit of the body buzz, the relaxing. Upper downer warms you up. Yes, but it doesn't run the risk of really fucking you up the way an edible can. Yeah. So it's like a safe way to play it. There's a synergy too. They both, that's what I was about to say, they both moderate each other. Yeah, and there's a literal synergy. Like if there's alcohol present in the bloodstream, THC becomes so much more bioavailable or, or strong. A lot of things like that have a good synergy. Oh, so alcohol makes weed more potent? Absolutely, yes. Oh. As a matter of fact, the, the edible that I do, like when I use edible, is uh, alcohol tincture. So you just soak the weed yeah. in alcohol, and then you just strain it, and then you can evaporate some of the alcohol out. So, But you're getting to the point where, you know, a milliliter or two would be a great like a good dose. Like you wouldn't want to do more than a milliliter if you're not, if you don't regularly ingest and it would give you like a good consistent buzz. But when you put it into butter or oil and then cook it into food, I mean, it's so spread out and chunky. It's like when you, it's like, uh, you put sugar, you put this, yeah, you stir it and you do all that, but how mixed in is it? 
Like not every ingredient is completely mixed out at the perfect ratio. So if you make yeah. a sheet of brownies yeah, and so you cut up into 16 little squares. One brownie is going to be stronger than the way other. Way stronger. Yeah. Because it's such a variable in, you know. But if you put, if you put, melt it, if you melt the butter and put, and use that as opposed to like a stick of butter. Then the ratio will be spread out a little bit more. It, anytime you're mixing it with other ingredients and there's no, like you're not blending it. Like you, I think it would take a legit, like a fucking kitchen made mixer to really mix it in. Uh, to make if it more evenly. If you're mixing it by hand, I don't think there's a way. Now, what the other thing I've done is I've taken oil and I've made my oil, but I've made it dense enough. Like you can keep putting more into the same oil after you strain it, mm -hmm. or you can use like keef or something. So it's like yeah. more concentrated. I have it down where you could make a pill, like one pill. You just take the oil and you drop it into a pill, like coconut oil, where it's pretty easy to keep liquid. Yeah. So you just warm it up, drop it into a pill capsule. And, um, that one pill would be enough for somebody. It's just. So that's a very concentrate convenient. It and yeah. And that, that to me makes sense. But it's funny. Like when you tell people who do edibles, like, man, you know, you got any edibles? You know anybody who's got edibles? It's like, actually, man, you want like a couple of weed pills? They're like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm like, no, dude, this is better. Yeah. It's consistent. You know what you're getting. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It sounds sketchy. Is this really strong? No, I'm telling you, it's, I'm not going to give you <laughs> more than you would want. It's funny how, how, how people looking for drugs would say something that's sketchy. I it'd, know. Be, it'd be one thing if it's like it'd be one thing if someone was asking you for edibles and you're like no man but i got this fucking heroin yeah but if, yeah, if like they're asking for edibles and you're like yeah well i got it's this same this thing. weed pill i just no, didn't cook bro, it into anything no. and then when you're cooking it if it gets to certain temperatures it can kill this it can do that there are so many reasons and then the food can go bad like an alcohol tincture stays good forever yeah, alcohol preserves anything yeah it doesn't allow any uh moisture bacteria to grow also the most absorb like alcohol is so much easier to absorb it doesn't have to go through the stomach it doesn't have to get absorbed normally which a lot of times you can have loss of absorption depending on gut health passing through the liver etc um in and also you don't have to wait an hour and a half like if you do an alcohol tincture You'll start to feel it almost immediately because some will just go right into the bloodstream, yeah. just like alcohol, and it pulls the weed with it. I was gonna say, I, I was gonna ask, does it does it attach to the alcohol, which goes right into the bloodstream? So it's some. like, like, um, like you just said, it's just immediate delivery. Anecdotally, absolutely. I don't know the science behind it. I believe once something is extracted into alcohol, it works. I mean, because even though weed is an oil. Once it's extracted into the alcohol, it's not like it separates in the jar. It's not like there's a layer of like weed oil and a layer of alcohol. Yeah, like if you it's were to put be oil bound in alcohol. Yeah. So if the alcohol makes it into the bloodstream, most of the weed will. That at that point it it comes down to um chemistry. Yeah, and, and, and what's how cool those is, how those molecules bind to each other and Yeah. So, like, whereas a normal edible might take an hour to an hour and a half to kick in, this you will feel the peak of there, and it's a smooth come up, smooth feeling, smooth come down. It's a shorter duration, too. Yeah, because the only time... I've only eaten edibles, like, once or twice, and it's, like, 45 minutes in, nothing, hour in, nothing, hour and five in, you're just stoned off your fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. And... It, it, there's there's no build up to it. It's just like a fucking Mack truck punching you in the face. 
Yeah. I don't I see, and that's the thing about these drops is you could literally just count drops. You could say every 30 minutes I'm gonna do five drops until I feel where I want to be, and you it'd be very hard to overdo it. Really? Very hard to overdo it. Hmm. Yeah, man, because I know people who have like uh rheumatoid arthritis and um just things like that. People who use it to help sleep and they don't want to get stoned. Yeah. Because that's the beautiful thing about an edible is there's a bunch of physical benefits. And mental benefits that happen before you actually feel stoned. Whereas if someone was to hit some weed and they're not used to it, they're going to get stoned yeah. before they feel the physical effects. And that's that's the whole the whole um, point of like the CBD oils and shit. So there, if you're taking taking right the, taking the edibles, you're still gonna get high, but you're also gonna benefit from the medicinal aspect of um cannabis and you're getting the full spectrum of medicinal benefits of all of the cannabinoids yeah. See, there are not many studies specifically done on cbd that make it hold up to the same way as when you put all of them in the running when you just do most of the tests that cbd piggyback off of are actually done on things containing thc so i think your best bet is to get a full spectrum maybe with a slightly lower thc content slightly higher cbd content like a lot of the, they have like mints that are like five milligrams each or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a very low amount of THC, yeah, good amount of CBD, and it's going to give you a little bit more medicinal benefit and um, balance. But you're still going to get a little high off. Yeah, it. and actually, anytime you add CBD to THC, so if you were to take a CBD gummy and do the edible, it would make you less high. Really? So the ratio, yeah, man. So like a sativa strain contains less THC, but it contains almost no CBD. An indica strain contains more THC, also contains more CBD, but you might not notice that it feels specifically stronger because the CBD actually negates some of the yeah, THC psychoactive okay. or the balance. Like if you're too stoned, take eating a CBD gummy will bring you down and balance you out some. Just mellow you out. And Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't speak from a ton of experience there, but I mean, I've I've read it enough and I've experienced it a little bit. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um. Uh, anyway, from that, um, I don't even know. <laughs> how, how do we pivot from there? God, I know. How did we do that? That should be our new <laughs> show. We went, how we went did from we get jerking there? off to Jesus. To CBD and THC. From jerking off to Jesus. How about right. jerking off for Jesus? Jerking off for Jesus. Um, that should be. We should. We should make a fundraiser for that. Jerking off for Jesus. Yes, it's it's a uh, it raises money equally for um, Christian foundations mm -hmm. and the research that you need for this very important exactly. project. It's on, a it's twofold. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, is there something, is there another topic that you wanted to get to? Because now would be probably a decent time. We could cycle back to 90s stuff yeah, if you want. Nah, we can go back to 90s. Yeah, let, there's let, nothing, there's nothing really important, just some cool. observational shit, but nothing important. We can go back to 90s. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of, uh, since we, we went a little sexual and we went a little, uh, all that, um, do you remember the first time you saw porn yes i was pretty young because i had older brother so did i yeah i was very young but my my situation was a little bit different i had an older brother but it, he didn't have anything to do with it okay 
mine was we had friends of the family who um he like owned a gas station or something along those lines and then the gas station closed so um there was just a stockpile of porn mags yeah like playboy penthouse and they didn't have room to store it so they stored all their shit from the gas station at our house yeah so at a very young age i just had mounds of penthouses and playboys to look at Mm -hmm. yeah and that was my first introduction to porn yeah, I was pretty. I was pretty young, and my dad had a box of like hustler magazines in his closet, mm-hmm. and I saw those young. But dude, this is a funny first time watching watching porn experience. So there was like a locker in our garage, and I believe we were being babysat, and there was a movie. There was legitimately a movie that came out called Wild America when we were growing up, and uh, it had the the guy from maybe the kid from Home Improvement in it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Do yeah, you know yeah, this yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I don't know what year it came out, but not long after that movie came out, there was a VHS tape in this locker that maybe I saw and I told my brother about. And Fuck yeah, I remember this movie. I just looked it up. You just looked it up recently? No, oh, you just I'm, looked I'm it up looking now. it up right now. I was looking that up the other day. Oh, fucking um, Devin Sawa was in it. What year did it come out? Um... 94? 97. 97. Okay, so I was probably 9 or 10 years old. This movie had just come out, okay? And uh, all I know is there was a tape labeled Wild America, (laughs) and it was, like, written with a marker. And we put it in, and there was just a a dude and a girl. I can remember, like, what the scene kind of looked like. Was it, like, hardcore? Yeah, hardcore. I had never seen it like that. I had never seen it the way that, like that was like, I had seen magazines and I got it and I guess I knew what sex was. Like I had seen, but I guess in like the Hustler magazines, there was hard, I don't know if the Hustler magazines actually had no Hustler dick and pussy, but you no, could no, see no. full fledged. Hustler, Hustler was hard. Hustler was hardcore. Penthouse. As hardcore as it gets, but like still images of actual sex. Yeah. Or, okay. Penthouse, Penthouse was like that too. And then Playboy was soft. Like, yeah. Playboy was just naked chicks and i had probably seen some soft stuff before then but i remember just thinking i'm about to watch this movie that i had been dying to see and i saw my first actual hardcore point i was like what you know i mean as vulgar as vulgar as this conversation may seem like that is a very pivotal point in a young boy's like coming of age and and it, you're like a you're either told that it's it's off limits to talk about it's inappropriate to talk about it's not easy to talk about though I'm not doing it because I think it's like a you know oh, it's funny man we'll talk about porn and all it it is interesting and it is pivotal and it can really affect people's lives because if I was five years younger who knows what would have happened yeah, like yeah. if I had seen that younger and man. I was such a curious kid, unlike people. Like, you couldn't hide shit from me that was in the house. Like, I would know all my Christmas presents. I would just, I couldn't help it. I just was nosy with stuff, and I wanted to know. And if you would have gave me a phone with Google when I was six, I don't know what (laughs) I, I don't know where I would be now. You'd be a fucking serial killer. I don't know, man. It would be too much information too early. You probably would have killed 30 people, and no one would ever know who it was. Yeah, dude, I don't fear information at all. 
That that's what made me not afraid of something like DMT with something like that. It's yeah. like this is information. Like this is like like this is like googling shit to me. This is like finding out stuff. Like you know, it's just interesting. Like people are afraid to Google things or, yeah. or whatever or explore. I was always as curious as could be and always trying to figure shit out. I do not know what would happen if I could just look up anything I wanted younger. Because I know what I did. I mean, I was the kid who had saw some shit when I was like 11 and 12, 13 that you shouldn't see. Like, what was Rotten.com? Oh my God. All that shit, man. And uh, Rotten.com and Sublime.com. Yeah, I saw stuff that, I mean, I'm detached from it now in a way that if I saw stuff like that now, it would really affect me. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to see someone get no. run over by a fucking train. But when you're you know? when you're in middle school in the uh-huh. early 2000s and the advent, really, not the advent, but really like the coming of age of, of the internet. Yeah. And you see a dude getting their head chopped off. It's really not that big of a deal. It's still kind of like, oh shit, this is crazy. But yeah. Like you were saying, it. If I were to watch it now, it it would affect me ten times more than than fifteen years ago, fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah, I avoid I avoid explicit content. Like when people share really graphic yeah. stuff, or if there's like a warning, or you know that there's that guy. Um, there's like some Instagram profiles, and then somebody will share. Like you, you know, people what? get severely injured. Actually, I just had this thought. You know why, like you and I avoid that kind of stuff is because we saw, we've already seen it yeah. so early at You're such an, right. at such an early age. Maybe that's like a subconscious thing that's going on that because we grew up with rotten.com and sublime.com because actually sublime had porn on it too. Yeah. I, w- I would say that I'm a little more sensitive as far as like empathy goes. Like I can feel for other people. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's just makes me cringe in a way. Um, and I consider things I didn't consider back then. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it's weird. It's hard for me to watch people getting, I mean, killed on, on film. It's just crazy. Yeah. There was well, that the video real, of the dude real killing, killing himself on, on, on live TV. Which that one? That Bud Dwyer. That's what that filter song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, is about. Did this he guy sh- gives a political speech and he's like, he was going to go to jail for something and he gives out, he's like, uh, you should, this might offend people. Something about leave the room if this is, I don't know what, but then he, he has like a thing for organ donor information. People don't know what's going on and he just pulls out a gun and bites it and just, Pow. yeah. I didn't crazy. see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, movie called Network that is loosely based off of, I think somebody who killed themselves on on radio, on live radio, some woman who did that. The movie no, Network's no, 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 great. no. The woman, the woman was on live television. Okay, she, she killed herself on live. She was like a newscaster. It was, it was in. That's like, what this is. It was, was in it? like the eighties. I think this is a movie that is based off that thing. It's like loosely. It's inspired by it. Basically, there's a guy who goes on. He's on an, a news radio thing, and he's like an anchor, and he says that the the next week he's going to kill himself on live TV, and it gets the most ratings ever. So it's this like it's that, actually kind of a lost movie, but um, I, that I feel like I felt uh, I feel like I've watched that. It's commonly there's a line in it where everyone's opening up their windows and saying we're mad as hell and we're not gonna take it anymore or whatever. That's like a famous line from it, but maybe you've seen it. Um, 
I actually, Mrs. Green recommended it as a movie, the drama teacher yeah. in uh, high school. And mm-hmm. that was a great, that was a great one. That's not a movie that's talked about much, but I think it, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty well known. Um, okay. N- other nineties things in general, what was like big, big for you? What kind of, what were you into when you were like 10 to 13? Like, were you into like lame music growing up? Um, well, we kind of we kind of touched on this in previous episodes, like early though, like like before. Te- like okay, so I'm not talking. What, what did you like? Blink one eighty two and all no. that. Shit. I'm talking before that, like when you were a kid. No, when I was a kid, I grew up in a like most people. I grew up in a classic rock house. Okay, so we that's were good. we were listening to like. Led Zeppelin, Steely Dan, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like all okay. the, all the You never got into boy bands. Did have we talked about boy bands on this show? No, we haven't. Because see that's a thing from our generation that yeah. like a lot of kids and, in our elementary school liked fucking Backstreet Boys. And a, uh, uh, and it it's like Hanson. It it goes between gender too. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. Dude, guys liked beanie babies. Yeah. I mean, I had be- I had some Beanie Babies. I- I'll say that in elementary school, I had some of that shit. But like, I never, I never got into super, um, whatever you want to call that kind of music. Uh, Boy bands, yeah. But I mean, on top, but just like, just super pop, soft, weird, not cool, not cool <laughs> stuff you'd be ashamed of. Hmm. Maybe I, I, I personally wasn't in in into any of that. Um, Beanie Babies, or I was more about my GI Joes, Jim Carrey movies. Did you like them? Yeah, the fucking mask. The mask is the one you like. A lot? I need to rewatch that, dude. That was my favorite Jim Carrey. Really? Yeah. Really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ace Ventura. Yeah, I, I uh, those the mask and and Ace Ventura. I wasn't as much into younger, but I mean, I liked them enough. But I really loved. Um, see, I don't like the over the top stuff as much. I don't like the slapstick stuff as much. I really like the dialogue. I mean, Dumb and Dumber can be a little slapstick, but that's yeah. like written jokes. No, nah, that's like, a great fucking movie. Liar, liar. Um, cable Guy. All those are are funny. Um, I didn't. I didn't come to appreciate Cable Guy until about like eight years ago. That one holds up better than a lot of the yeah. other ones. I think. Yeah. Yeah, what's an, what's another really big Jim Carrey one? I love the Truman Show, dude. I Truman love Show's, the Truman Show. Truman Show is great. Yeah, that's so good. What happened? To, what happens with people like that? Jim Jim Carrey's crazy. He went off the reservation. He's either the man. smartest fucking guy, or he's or just he's fucking bad shit crazy. You know, I, I I I can respect where Jim Carrey's coming from, but then again, I also don't because. He's like, yeah, I spend a lot of time by myself, and you realize how, what, like, what's really needed and and what's important to you. But it's like, dude, you're also worth millions, and it's very easy to make those statements when you have very to li- very little to worry about monetarily. Yeah. Like, it's very easy to say that every person needs to go and spend like three weeks in the woods when your rent is paid from here until the end of time. Yeah. It's very easy to make those claims and it's very easy to be that eccentric and outspoken and anti-establishment. 
establishment as he yeah. is when you have the wealth. And then he makes statements like, um, I, I feel like everybody should be rich because then they'll realize that the house, the cars, the money, it's not what makes you happy. It's like, it's easy to make those fucking statements yep. when you have that at your disposal. Yeah. it's And, and that's why, like, he's probably coming from a very genuine place with what he's saying, but I just see it as bullshit because of where he's coming from. It's just one step along the way. He yeah. would have said the same shit about once. Oh man, it's so nice to be on top of the world and this and that. And yeah. then it moves on and then you need the yeah. next mountain to climb. It's not like it's the finish line becoming famous and having money. What's the next thing you're going to take on and, and progress? Uh, you know, that's so common. It's easy for him to say, but what drove him to get there in the first place? What, what was on his mind? What, and <clears throat> you lose what drives you to be financially stable and on top of the world once you get there. So he probably loses touch with that desire and urge yeah. to do what he did. And now he has new desires and yeah. urges. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's not to say that he's not coming from a genuine place with what he's saying. It's just not relatable to me. It's not. And I feel like it's not relatable to a lot of people, but people look at it like, okay, yeah, fine. Uh, let's, I'm going to quit my job and grow out a beard and live in the woods because Jim Carrey said it's what to do. And, you know, as a, as as an artist or something, I would think he would want to express via modes that he's already expressed a more intellectual or a newly founded uh, sophistication, whereas he just kind of seems like an act, like a, I mean, even some of the movies he did after... Yeah, he was in that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind. That was pretty good. And he's made a couple serious things. But if he's like this brilliant, why doesn't he just write a movie or do yeah. something that is different than anything he ever did? I don't see people breaking their mold enough um, with stuff like that. Yeah, I think about like Dave Grohl's a good example. Um, you know, he's considered probably the biggest rock icon in in our day and age, yeah. like the most prolific mm -hmm. modern rock star and will be looked upon as probably post mid nineties or late nineties till, uh, he, you know, and he's, for 10, 15 years on top of rock. He's by far the most successful rock star, but it's pretty, it's pretty much uh, it's standard run of the mill. It's, it's safe. Foo Fighters is safe rock and roll. And that's, that's what the appeal is is that it's safe and everybody can listen to it and it's not controversial. It doesn't do anything different. They may do some different Very stuff. Very formulaic. Yes. But he, but he's this eclectic guy, just like Jim no, Carrey. But see, you know, he has this personality. Yeah. It's like, wh why is this not expressed more in your art form? Yeah. I don't get that. Well, And that's the thing. I love Dave Grohl, but I'm not necessarily a fan of the Foo Fighters. It's it's interesting. Me too. And Jim Carrey appeals to me in certain ways too. But I'm like, why does this not run through in your artistic expression? Yeah. Why are you not um, more like that? Why mm. why why are you growing a beard and it, giving all of these like existential lessons? But well, he did make Dumb and Dumber too. I was gonna say twenty years ago, you're using your ass to have a conversation. <laughs> Where's the fucking yeah. disconnect? There? Well, dude, he he like. His most recent big film, right, was the Dumb and Dumber sequel, which was just yeah, Dumb and Dumber. -er. Fucking god, man, terrible. Yeah. Oh no, wait. There's this, there was Dumb and Dumber, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, -er, -er. and then Dumb and Dumber Two, which yeah. came out like yeah. five six years ago. That movie 
fucking sucked. Awful, dude. Awful. Terrible. So, like, you don't care about money. You are a newly found sophistication, and this is the movie that you spend. Yeah. Why? Well, because that, and, and that's recent as shit, too. Recent. I mean, See, and- that makes me wonder about somebody like him. That's that's and that's where I'm coming from is that I don't think it's not not that it's not genuine, but I think it's well no I don't think it's genuine I think it's bullshit I don't yeah. even know why I'm trying to sugarcoat it because it's not like Jim Carrey's going to hear this I might as well just say what the fuck I think yep. I don't think it's genuine because it's not coming from a genuine place it's easy to say that money doesn't make you happy when you have money. But then when you're a person that doesn't have money, guess what? Money pays the fucking rent. Well, why did you make this movie? Was it because you thought it was good? No, because the you fucking paycheck. You either wanted money or you have poor taste and you're not, uh, I mean, something. Yeah. You, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's, it's movies like that that throw your like artistic integrity out the fucking window. The the last thing I'll say, and then uh, we can wrap it up if you have something similar. Um, I'll say a movie from that general time that people forget about that is one of the funniest movies to me ever. And I love it. The movie Life. Oh, Life is Dude, great. How fucking funny is life, the movie Life? Life is amazing. Oh, so good. Martin Lawrence and, and Eddie Murphy and uh, Bernie Mac's in there. Yeah. Jingling. Jingling. Jingling, jingling. <laughs> Dude, that movie is- I'm incredible. the pappy. <laughs> Dude. That movie is fucking <sighs> incredible. Uh, oh, well, what did you want to say about life? Oh, I was just say- Just that you <laughs> like it. you remember the end credits where they're doing like the, the outtakes? No. Where, so like, <laughs> there's the thing where the guy has his daddy's watch or something, so he like kills him or I don't know what happens, but- I think he shoots him. I can't remember what he does in the movie, but in the outtakes, he he goes, look, that's not my daddy's watch after he kills the man over the watch. And it's, dude, that's like one of the funniest things to me. Eddie Murphy is on point in that movie. Yeah. The whole fucking movie's great. Oh, all right. What are you going to say? I'll say this. We were talking about Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumb and Dumber 2, and now how Jim Carrey is on this whole like existential fucking kick, and he's better Mm -hmm. than you because he's out in the woods and doing all this other shit. Dumb and Dumber 2 came out in 2014. Bingo. Fucking, what, five years ago? We see through you, Jim Carrey. Yeah, we're on to you, bitch. We know who you really are. We're coming for you. You're hiding your deepest insecurities by pretending to be the person that you're not. And Dumber and Dumber 2 is Exhibit A. That's what you're covering Case up. closed. We're coming for you. Figuring it out yes. podcast. Yes. We figured you out. Uh, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not bad. <laughs> it's not passing. But a third of people thought it was almost a third, you know. The third of the people who listen to our podcast liked it. That would be okay for us. For our podcast or for Dumb and Dumber too? No, I was just saying if you wanted to use the same number of like the oh, same. Oh, if rating, we had, no. if we had a thirty percent rating, I'd be fine. We'd be okay with that. That'd yeah. be great. You know, one and three started. Yeah. Cool. Oh, actually, you know what? I I heard that uh, the seventh episode is like the hump to get over for podcasts. So here we are at the end of it. Yes. Cool. Come We made it. Hey, we'll see you next week. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Cool. All right. Until episode eight. Bye. See ya.